Do you have a name? Well, yes. The podcast is called Waiting for What? I like it. <laughs> it's good. I'm like, I... <laughs> Waiting for what? what? Exactly. Why did, I, why did I wait for this? <laughs> That's exactly it. I'm... Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Today, I have my friend Cassie here for an interview. And Cassie is special because she is the only person that I interviewed for the book that is being interviewed for the podcast. So Cassie, welcome. And thank you so much for all your stories and time. Thanks for having me and letting me be very vulnerable. Yeah, I I believe in you. I believe in your ability (laughs) to just say the things. Um, Cassie, would you share a bit about your background, kind of how you grew up, and then maybe even getting into how you were churched and how you met Justin? Yeah, so I grew up in rural Iowa to a farmer and a teacher, so, um, and when I say rural, I mean like a town of 1,500 people um, is what I grew up in, Um, and a pretty um, religiously conservative part of the world. However, I was raised in United Church of Christ, which um, is one of the most progressive um, denominations out there. So that was the first open and affirming church um, that allowed um, gay and lesbian preachers. So um, my parents were pretty progressive, I would say. And kind of um, my dad likes to be kind of the devil's advocate kind of person who pushes the envelope on conversations. However, most of my friends um, were pretty conservative because they went to, you know, reformed churches in in the area. And um, and so those were the folks who I was hanging out with. You know, I went to their youth groups because their churches were larger and um, really followed along with their messages, uh, which were basically messages um, of abstinence only um, sexual sex education. And, um, but yeah, went to this um, rural tiny school, you know, graduated in a class of 80 people and you knew everybody from kindergarten, well, from preschool on up. And, and then in high school, I was a sophomore and, um, no, I, Justin was a sophomore and I was a senior, so I was two years older and we, um, our paths crossed in gym class and then it was over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we started, um, started dating and hanging out and, um, he was really easy to talk to and just felt natural. And I was, you know, I was leaving to go to college. So I was like, this, this guy's kind of fun to hang out with. And, um, his family was pretty religious, went to the church that I went to youth groups um, at. So they were comfortable with me because they knew that I was a good girl, you know, who went to church. And we were pretty, you know, pretty good kids who kept on the straight and narrow, good grades, good, you know, didn't test the waters too much with being troubled kids or anything, you know. Um, And then yeah, dated for two years in, in while Justin was still in high school. Um, 
long distance. So I went off to college like four hours away and we continued to date. And, <clears throat> and so when I went off to college, you know, I didn't, I, because of the religious upbringing and my perfectionism too, I think, like, I just didn't, I didn't do the normal, have the normal college scene, you know, mm -hmm. I hung out with people who went to church and like, we did all the navigators and the Thursday night um, services and stuff like that. And then it was, I mean, it was also crazy because I was going back to visit Justin like every other weekend. Um, okay. And how long had you guys dated when you got married? We had dated five years. Um, so Justin came to long distance was not easy for two young <laughs> kids. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we wouldn't, we always say it worked for us, but we wouldn't recommend it um, mm -hmm. at that age. Um, so yeah, we, I would go back every two weeks, Justin's parents, because, you know, it was a pretty conservative household. They, he wasn't allowed to come stay with me. He stayed with me one time and okay. not with me. He stayed with somebody else. So he couldn't come visit. Um, he would come like if my parents came to visit me or one time his parents, I can't believe they did this, but they made the trip to um, the town that I was going to college to college in and visited me <laughs> with him with him or <laughs> they went shopping while he visited me and they stayed oh overnight God. in a hotel and everything like I I can't believe the commitment that they think that they <laughs> that he convinced them to do that but the commitment that they had to not letting us stay him go alone you know yeah um, yeah did you at think that time at that time did that strike you at all like can you unpack a little like what your sexual ethic was and if Justin shared that it sounds like obviously there were a lot yeah. of differences. yeah I would say we were pretty uh I mean we were we never had sexual intercourse um in the traditional sense right like through that whole time all those five years yeah. um you know I remember being pretty resentful because in my mind, we were in a serious relationship and um, it was putting everything on me to keep that relationship going. Yeah. Um, and so I remember being pretty upset about that. Um, but I was committed, so I just would drive back, you know, to see him. Mm -hmm. um, and anytime, you know, it was so funny, anytime we would go longer than those two weeks, we'd start fighting. Um, oh. and even by the time those two weeks, like when it was time for me to go back, like the phone conversations could only hold it together so much, you know? Yeah. And then I would get, especially at that age, just so young, you know, yeah. and you're going through so much change. So, so yeah. So it was kind of like at the end of that, uh, when Justin was looking at colleges, I, it, I, I think we were both in the same place of like, if he doesn't end up in the same place, oh, this is not going to work, yeah. you know, yeah. mm -hmm. but, um, but he did end up going to the same university as me. So then it was like, okay, we might be, we might make it through here. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I remember, you know, I remember thinking like, Hey, 
you know, if he comes visit me, anything that we would do sexually would be done even if I were going there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nothing, nothing revolutionary is going to happen here. You know, like we're already think- testing the waters and it yeah. Do you think that it was like appearances? Like they could not deal with the appearance of there being permission to give you guys like sexual freedom? Or what do you yeah. think? Yeah. I think that's some of it, but I also think that there's a piece of like, well, we have to do something to pre to try and prevent this. You know? <laughs> um but no real discussion around it. I mean, nobody talked about it. Mm-hmm. to their kids and like yeah I mean it was pretty classic 80s 90s situation there right like neither yeah. of our parents had great conversations with us about this other than don't do it until you're married because then you know they're committed kind of you know but Cassie think about how much went unspoken in those two years that they were watching him get visits and then even taking yes. him like so many layers of we are going through all of this effort but we're not going to address why yeah yeah have you guys as a family like ever reflected on that in the years since because how long have you and Justin been married now now you're quizzing me I should have should have thought about this before we talked (laughs) so we got married in 2006 so what is that 13 years Uh, yeah 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 uh, 13 years this year, it will be 13 years. So, um, no, we've never, no, this is not no, something no. we would ever talk. Cassie, oh, you're heading towards 18 this oh, year. Yeah, that's right. That's 18. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're almost at 20. <laughs> you're getting, you're closer to 20 than 10, for no, sure. At, at some point you have children and you count their ages more than you count your <laughs> Yeah, so in oh 18 gosh. years... Yeah. Has anyone in your family or Justin's family ever just like reflected like, what was that about? No, no, you wouldn't think we wouldn't talk about that. No, no. just no. no. Yeah. And the other weird thing is, you know, I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine my kid getting married at the age. Justin couldn't drink at our wedding, you know, like 20. Yes. Yeah. He turned 21 in September. We got married in um, July. Um, Okay. So, yeah, I, you know, I couldn't imagine that being the scenario. However, both of our parents were high school sweethearts who got married. Okay. Yeah. So just kind of the culture there, you know? And so with that cultural background and like they got married having been high school sweethearts, like who did you listen to or like what were you considering when you and Justin were starting like getting ready to get married and then when you got married like who were you thinking about or who were you talking to about your sex life well nobody really (laughs) I mean we had so I had a client a roommate who was getting married that summer too okay and Jesse I remember she made me a little care package Mm -hmm. and gave it to me at my um I don't think it was at my bachelorette. I think it was like the night before the wedding and said, here are things nobody told me or I can't remember if her mom gave her a little care package right before her wedding or something. Okay. And I learned things I had no clue about. Like, oh my gosh. 
what goes in must come out. I remember that note being written on some pads. <laughs> you know what, though, Cassie? That's a solid yeah. friend there. It is such a solid friend. You know, I should reach out to her and tell her, like, by the way, you're the <laughs> only one who told me that it is messy. Did you, you know? look at that care package and have a lot of questions? I I think when I saw the what goes in must come out, I immediately knew and was like, oh, Oh, uh, you know, I, yeah. And I think, um, you know, cranberry pills or something like that, I think was one of the things in there, okay. which I had heard, you know, yeast infections. I had, <laughs> I had a lot of yeast infections as a kid. Cause I would wear my bathing suit all day long. So <laughs> I kind of, I kind of knew about that, like, yeah. like that, that was a thing. Um, but I, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else was in there. I think there were Kleenex or something, you know. And um, when she handed you that, did you and she sit down and talk? I feel like she handed it to me in person and did stick around while I opened it okay. to make sure I understood everything. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So she would be the only one. Everybody else, the only level you talked about was like how excited you were for that magical to die, we're married and now it's okay to yeah. happen and yeah. like it was just supposed to feel good right right um other than that the only like the talk that I got from my mom was don't you should wait I waited with your dad and you should wait okay that was about it you know she and so that was kind of the only stuff that I was getting like explicitly other than waiting through the Christian community mm-hmm. and then Right before the wedding, Justin read Justin Harris's book. Oh, yeah. Wait, the waiting to date one? The I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yeah. 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 And so, like, a couple months before the wedding, he read it. I think I read it. um, And then it was, then he was like, we can't kiss. Oh, my gosh. So, we've been kissing and more. And now, all of a sudden we can't kiss until the wedding. And I disagreed with it, but was also like, this is something he feels very passionately about. Okay. You know? Okay. So yeah, we did that. Okay. And have you and Justin talked about that in the last? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll look forward to talking about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, at At that point where he is like sort of changing his views a tiny bit, like, what questions do you remember having? I think I think the biggest thing I was in shock about, I mean, it didn't feel great, but the biggest thing I was in shock about was, like, how messy it was. Really? Okay. And I just remember being like, so this is what people do? Like, they just, <laughs> like, I still... I mean, to be honest, Jesse, I'm like, you know, if somebody has a different method, I'd love to know. But do you, like, keep a Kleenex by your bed? Is that what you do? Or, like, towel next to your bed Yeah, to, it, to the bathroom? It's it, messy. You're right. You're right. Even after all these years, you still have to have some cleanup method. And yeah. I don't – I think both of those things that you listed are ones that we and most couples probably use because you can't actually avoid – the what goes in must come out. That is no. reality. Yeah. That's why I love condoms because it saves that. <laughs> I don't have to deal with it. 
<laughs> Keep that wrapped up. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I just, I had no idea. I just remember being like, well, this is definitely different than TV. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all cuddly afterwards. And I was like, this. Um, so, and then I think the question became like, how do I find enjoyment in it? That eventually okay. became the question, right? Okay. For a little okay. while, I think I was just so in like, shock of like the whole thing that I was like maybe this is how it is for girls you know okay. or like someday it's going I'm going to find this is going to give me an orgasm you know yeah yeah and those were thoughts in your head were you and Justin having those conversations no probably not okay I don't think so I mean, like, did we, I think there was maybe discussion about like, I really don't think I had much knowledge about how to, I'd never explored my body, you know? Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, my gosh, the way I knew that like where you inserted the penis was from a friend telling me we had three holes in middle school and I had no idea until that point, you know? Yeah. Like, Yes. And nobody talked about it after that either. No, I mean, I think your story is one shared by many, especially yeah. in that like time where the purity culture was really so powerful. Um, yeah. And I just hear in all the things that you experienced, the confusion of like, I had expectations. Like, what is this? Yeah. And that was totally the experience of many people I talked to just why is it portrayed in one way and then my experience is so different and then where is the like where is the connecting piece like where does sex like go in yeah. a direction um yeah when you guys were on your honeymoon what was sex like during that like magical time I mean we ex did did have sex quite a bit during that time but I would say for me was not, um, yeah, I was in that stage of like, oh, this doesn't really feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was more like having it to see if that changed, you know? Oh, yeah. Like maybe this uh, time, maybe this yeah. time. Yeah. So there were lots of experiments, you know, there was some like outdoor and some, you know, there was that kind of stuff. And I was really excited um, to be free, but yeah. also like not, didn't know how to make it feel good, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of shame around a lot of ideas about how it should be right. Mm -hmm. um, that eventually had to be undone. A I lot of ideas about what was okay to do together and not, you know, and I still deal with a lot of that shame and around those things. When you say like those ideas, you're saying like, what you understood to be okay as far as yeah. like your, your religion. And even after you guys got married, that was still kind of holding you back. Yeah. It still felt like those things were still off limits, you know, like um, it makes me think of um, there's the forgetting Sarah Marshall movie. And uh -huh. there's the, I forget the actor's name and he and his wife in the, in the movie are like really conservative Christian 
like and she wants him to do things and he's like if god had put him meant for your mouth to go there he wouldn't have put the mouth on the face or something like that <laughs> like like that kind of thing right i gotcha. Gotcha. yeah uh anything oral anything like that just felt really like not okay you know um, and like how would you have known what to even like what how to, to start that process or how to like I still nobody's told me yeah. yeah I saw an SNL skit the other day and major in the car in the SNL skit was miming it was like a road rage skit it was very funny the teenager yeah. was miming blowjob at the other car and she used two hands and I laughed because I was like I've never thought about the back you used two and like I'm still learning things from yeah, my environment. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what what are a couple of things that you wish that people had shared with you when you were getting married and like starting out this new stage? Because you guys have been together yeah. for all those years. Yeah. I wish that it would have been more um I wish there would have been more like I still can't do this, but like I just um take away the shame of like a woman exploring themselves so that they can know a little bit more about themselves. The word masturbation. Masturbate. You can say it. We say it. Okay. I wish that, yeah, I wish there would be not shame around women masturbating, right? Men, it's like part of the way. I know. It's just okay. It's expected. Yes. They're just boys being boys, you know? Right. Um, And I wish that there had been more of that that had not even more I wish it had existed as an option yeah um and encouraged not like I still can't bring myself to do that because um there's just so much built in that like that's not okay in my mind I I experienced so much shame around masturbation having not grown up nearly in the like kind of environment that you grew up in and I'm trying to figure out like where is that seeded in Christian like theology and upbringing and and conversation that we got the message so clearly that that was sinful whereas boys did not necessarily and I guess I would I would be um remiss to say they didn't get the message because I haven't actually asked men like who were raised in a conservative Christian mindset about what they experienced but I just as a as a female I felt like I was sinning and my friend brought up the the point that it basically became a sin when things having to do with our sexual exploration became pleasurable and it's like that line of like the minute things are pleasurable was the bad place to be is just so in the it is in the development of like our psyche and our sexual ethic and just how did we come to believe that that God would have wanted for us on like it would be okay until we felt pleasure and then God would have said bad choice bad choice yeah well and I should thinking back into childhood I do I do remember um like rubbing on a pillow Mm -hmm. um as a kid and I never was caught 
but I still, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't sure. really understand what right. was happening at all. Um, but I still hit it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So there's like, I don't know. I just would be curious to know what was really happening in my brain then, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, and as a parent, I'm sure you've thought about like, what am I going to talk to my Mm -hmm. kids about and how am I going to try to remove the shame? I mean, we are fortunate that in this time that we're living in, the conversation around shame is so much more available and we do have so much more language. And I think, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to talk to my kids in a way that doesn't make me feel so uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I think it's so important. And it's a line of like, I don't want to over explain things. And they're, my kids are still young. So are yours. But yeah. it also is like, we are, we are definitely going to have to forge a different path because the path yeah. before us was like a silent box. And that doesn't be yeah. what, what we want to go with for our kids. But I think that's a really powerful note of like, what would it have been like if you hadn't carried that shame? And did you feel like when you guys were starting out as a married couple, like were were there parts of that sexual freedom that you were able to enjoy or is it like mostly a learning and unlearning? There were in the sense that, um, he was having fun and that was fun for me, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, there are parts of it that felt good. Right. I just don't think it was ever orgasmic good. Right. Yeah. Um, and insertion wasn't, um, I mean, insertion after my first baby was much worse than insertion in the beginning of um, my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that what I mean it burned but I that's what I remember is burning but not pain, you know. Okay. Kind of yeah, like I guess that would be another thing, like more lube, more lube, okay. always more lube, right? Like <laughs> that com- that would have maybe helped, you know. Yeah, um, was there no lube in that like care kit she gave you? The, she did give us lube. I just think I think that the he I think some of it is right lube and more, right? Like um, (laughs) not all lubes are equal. Also, never, never something that's going to turn hot. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, not needed. Valuable. These are valuable (laughs) pieces of wisdom for anybody starting out (laughs) on their journey. I think this is great. This is great. Now that you've been married a whole bunch yeah. of years. Yeah. 18, um, as you sure told like, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got it straight now. Uh, I'm sure so many things have happened, and I would just be so curious, like, what has most surprised you in how your sex life with your husband has evolved? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel really, 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 really lucky in the sense that um, we've he's very patient and has um and he really wants me to have an enjoyable time and so without him I mean he's the one pushing the needle on it you know 
mm-hmm. and saying like you should feel free to do things we should feel free to explore you know yeah. um and so kind of the evolution was um when we when we moved out to Colorado um we met somebody at church and he gave us and he talks about this book sheet music right yeah um and so we read that and I think that was like step one to like exploring different ways of me having an orgasm and stuff um and really I we we both talk about how I we remember going on our fifth year anniversary trip to Jackson Hole and that was like a flip in the um playbook for us and we I really started enjoying sex there and then um so five years of like trying to figure it out you know yeah um and then since then you know I've done things like so what I find is that I if I can get out of my head and just let the pleasure be it's is so much more enjoyable for me right I'm so much more in tune with my body and stuff. I think I'm a, like, I'm a type one on the Enneagram, which means I don't do things for me very much. And I don't um, really reflect on what I want and pleasure very much. And so that's hard for me. And then through the years, I've tried things like listening to different podcasts that I would have never, ever listened to. And I can't even remember the name of it, but it was pretty... I don't know, raunchy or, you know, like open (laughs) about things. And at some point I was like, "Mm, sometimes I start the car and then my daughter hears it. So maybe I need to stop having that one. (laughs) um, uh, You know, doing that, but just trying to be more open to things and every so often like pushing the envelope a little bit to listening to others and then or like to other opinions on sex. Mm hmm. And now um, it's really enjoyable. The other thing is, I think you hear, I'm trying to remember if I heard this before marriage, but like, you, I think it was soon after that I heard like women don't often orgasm from just insertion. And I think they, they wait way too late to tell you that, you know, you already are like, well, maybe I'll be the one who does or yeah. Um, like, but I should, right? Like, isn't that how it's supposed to be, right? Hmm. Um, yeah. And opening your mind to that not being the case earlier sure. would be great. The other thing I found is I'm more in touch with like my hormone and my cycle now. You know, yeah. I think obviously when you start thinking about reproduction and stuff like that, you kind of start to get in tune to some of those things a little bit more as a woman. I definitely have noticed like, I'm not on birth control anymore. And I, that just smashed my libido birth control did, which is another thing I wish that somebody would tell me before I had gotten married too, is like that can do that. And you might not want to be on it. You might want to use alternative means, you know? Um, And so discovering that helped um, because I have, I have huge swings in my monthly cycle in terms of libido, like, there's it right in the lines right when I'm ovulating but it's like (laughs) I'm very and then in those times I am so much it's so much easier for me to get out of my head and like what I have been taught um 
from such a young age, it's so much easier for me to get out of my head and try things and enjoy it in a different way. And that's so awesome that you have that insight now. Yeah. We also, we also went through a really hard patch, um, sexually for a couple years after our first kid was born because I, uh, my muscles just tightened up. And so I couldn't do insertion for two years after okay. she was born, which is something that nobody tells you happens either. Um, right. But it did for me. That must've been so hard to have had a baby and have a newborn and then try to figure out like what is going on with my body and then trying to figure out sex. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was two years. Like I remember I, nobody told me about pelvic therapy or any of that to deal, to deal with it. I must've been talking to a friend or something and they said, Oh, I think she might know something about this. Right. During the pregnancy, I had bad pubic symphysis pain. Like, yeah. Could not do things, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what is this sharp fire that is horrible, right? Yeah. Um, and and I had a premature baby. So we're not I had a long time to go yet, right? When cadence came. And I I remember the night she was born, I sat down and I told Justin, I don't know how I can do this another four weeks. Like this is excruciating. Mm. And the doctor just told me that will end when the baby comes out. And I was like, okay, I guess I just, this is just part of it. Right. So then Ugh. at my six week appointment, I was like, I'm still getting some of that pain. And she was like, you know, probably calm down, basically brush me off. And wow. and this was a woman OB like, you know? Yeah. Um, and she, so she was no help. And then I finally, I talked to Elizabeth and I was like, she was like, you need pelvic floor PT. Like you need, you need that. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and I was having a lot of like incontinence and, you know, all of the things that come with that. Right. right. Um, and so um, I started going to pelvic floor. Well, I went back to the OB to get a referral and she referred me. And I was like, if she knew about this. Ugh, yeah. And like, yeah. I should have had help during the pregnancy, not yeah. a, not even just after. So that's a good thing you wish you had known from back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be also really curious to hear about how, as you guys evolved as a married couple in your sexual life and exploration, like what what happened in your faith journey if you can fit that into like a nugget of like, did yeah. those things flow sort of in a, in parallel or can you talk about that for a sec? Um, I would say they were in parallel when we got to Boulder. Um, you know, the sheet music was like, yeah, it is, you know, it got us talking. Right. And it got okay. me to get out of my head of thinking there's a right and wrong way to have sex, right? Okay. Um, so that was step one to get out of that, like, to be okay with trying some things, right? And then, to be honest, right now, we're not really in a church situation. Um, and in some ways, that's even more freeing um, because in – you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't know what message I'll give my daughter and my mm. son. 
yeah someday I don't know where I stand on things like right now I'm in a place of like man I wasted some good years not having sex Mm. (laughs) yeah even before marriage I'm like Justin and I were together for so long yeah those are some of like your most exciting and free years of your life and the minute you have children that all changes (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I kind of I kind of miss those years um so I have very different yeah I have probably probably very different views than I did even 10 years ago right or 15 years ago when I um came to Boulder and was still attending a church regularly and was opening up but not maybe as much as I am now do you think I guess outside of like the church context like what do you think about God's plan for sex or like what what you think God and sex have in common anything at all or Hmm. I think that man has put a lot of rules around it Hmm. and we put rules around it because people aren't nice sometimes Mm -hmm. so I mean that's a very simple way of saying it right but but I think it's really clear I think it's yeah powerful thought I just think I'm not sure that God would have all these rules Hmm. yeah you know I like to yeah even more than God like you know, in Christianity, I mean, one of the reasons I'm not in the, not going to church right now is honestly because I'm not 100% sure what good it's doing in the world sometimes. Um, it feels very us and them and right and wrong and black and white and the world isn't. And I don't think that um, Jesus was black and white. And I think that's what he was about, was loving, caring for others, and um, and I guess however you want to have sex doesn't really affect that. And I also think that, you know, this is one of the things I've been reflecting on. I, I think there's a good message behind waiting until you're married in the sense that, like, then there's, like, a commitment and you are on the same Like, it's very clear we're on the same page. We are making a commitment to each other. And hopefully, hopefully that means there won't be pain from this, from us having sex, right? Like, hopefully that means that we are doing it in a very loving way. And we're not going to, you know, renege on our commitments to each other, right? Right. But to be honest, I'm just not sure that marriage is required for that commitment to be made sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are thoughts I'm having about it right now. I think it's fascinating, Cassie, to hear sort of how your perspectives have changed from when you were a kid in, you know, farm town to a woman who'd been married a few years and now a woman who's been married quite a few years, like how how that road has continued. And I'm sure you're going to 
keep on it and figure more stuff out as you go. Yeah. What is sex's place in your life after all of the journey that you've already been on? It's a great question. I think um, in my life, it's, you know, it's fulfilling that desire when you, when you have the desire to have sex, like it's a innate, like animalistic piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, but I, you know, I'm not doing that with everybody. Like it is a commitment to my husband, you know, it's something we do together and it's special because it's something that is only between us um, and not with others involved. So for me, that's really important. Yeah. Um, and it's a way for us to connect and unwind um, from the, like kind of pause the craziness of everyday life with young kids, you know? It's yeah. really hard to make happen because we're <laughs> tired. I'm tired, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, he's tired too. But they, men can power through some of that tiredness sometimes that I struggle to power through. But it's really hard to make happen. Like, it's very different. It's not... There's no afternoon situations happening over here, you know, but like, (laughs) but it's a really, it is a really good time to um, have together and like pause in a way, you know? Yeah. And And I, I would love to hear a little bit about how you and Justin communicate about sex now. Like, how has that changed over the years? Um, I wish that I were, that is something I would, I need to challenge myself in. And it's like been eating at me to do so for a while now. I still am like the giggly girl or like awkward and code words. And, and it, it angers me because, um, one of the things that I've, I don't do with cadence is, is we call it the vagina and the penis, you know, like we use, you're direct. Anatomic, we're direct and it's anatomically correct. And if she asks me questions about sex, I am going to answer them at her level, not above, but like try and do it at her level and be direct about it. Right. And right. so it drives me nuts that when we talk about it, I feel like I have to say, do you feel like, you know, maybe, you know, like I, <laughs> I can't just say, do you want to have sex? Like that feels weird. Or yeah. that's something I'd like to work on. <laughs> but but a lot of times it is, um, the signal is who, if, you, if you've showered, there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like, it's like, oh, he's showering. What's that mean? You know? <laughs> and, like, um, and vice versa. And then... Um, and then the, usually the other sign is somebody suggests going to bed around nine o'clock instead of 10. I see. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot, there's a lot more room there for conversation. In terms of like liking things and stuff like that, for me, that happens better before or after or like, so we have had like some conversations about what I like or don't like. The hard thing is, I don't know if other women find this, but it really depends on my mood and the time of the month and all that about what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and so we have talked about that, how 
It really varies time of the month. Yeah. Um, and I like, do think it's a really sensitive conversation too, because I, I know that in our, my husband and I's conversations, I have to be careful not to like insult or hurt his feelings when I'm trying to give feedback. And yeah. it's such a, like, it is a like precious thing that we share, but I'm yeah. not always, I don't always treat things like very precious. I can be a little more like aggressive and direct than maybe. It's yeah. And so I, I think it's, a challenging conversation for a lot of us, but understanding hormones and your own body is like a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, and I trying to, he wants more feedback. So, um, I, I try, you know, That's it's great. so, it's just so awkward, you know? Um, I do know. And I think yeah. that awkwardness is just real. Like I, I'm learning at this stage of life, instead of wishing that there was never awkwardness, I'm just trying to become okay with saying that's awkward. Like, let's just look yeah. at it. We're going to hold that awkwardness and then we're going to keep moving because it is like, especially I think in sex, the vulnerability is so high. The yeah. bodies are so human that this is just real but we we are fortunate enough to have partners that we can trust that the love is big that there's the foundation of so many good years like there's a lot to to look for on the other side of the awkwardness and yet like why why is it awkward like why does it have to be there I know you know it makes me think though um a lot of the important conversations are awkward in different ways, right? But they are, <laughs> right? I work a lot in the social justice world right now, and those are awkward too. I think that's a good point. Like things that we're learning and growing in that we've made mistakes in the past. Yeah. Like, when you're trying to reach solutions or grow, it is awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was listening to a, a Glennon Doyle podcast, somebody who wrote a book, the book Sex Talks. Okay. Have you read that one? I haven't I, read it. I've seen it, but I haven't yeah. read it. So they had her on and they were talking about talking during sex. They were like, let's not call it just talking dirty. Let's just, you know, like talking during sex and giving, you know, giving feedback yeah. during sex. And one of the things that they were talking about is just repeating it, like just coming up with a phrase that you want to incorporate and just repeating it over and over and over, not Uh in the moment, just saying it all the time to make it roll off the tongue easier in those awkward Uh moments. So anyway, that's been, again, one of the things I've been like, oh, I really need to work on being able to talk about this more. I think it's really cool that you're working on it, that you're open to trying and that you want to like push yourself. I think that is awesome. And that sounds like an interesting technique. What about your own experience? Like if you had one or two little gems of wisdom, what would you say to a newlywed couple, especially one that maybe came from backgrounds like you and Justin? What goes in must come out. No. powerful Um, powerful yeah. insight um yeah i think i would just want i one thing i would want to reiterate with them is that whatever your both parties are comfortable with is okay 
Like, we don't need to put all these rules and constraints around it. If you're both okay with it, it's, it's okay. It's fair game. Yeah. Um, and then also just reiterating that, like, it will change. So something that works one day may not work tomorrow. That doesn't mean it doesn't work again. Cassie, but, that, that yeah. is such a crucial piece that I feel like does not come up that it, sex is not the same Mm-mm. day after day, week after week, month, definitely not year after year. No, definitely not. That is good. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for your honesty and your stories and just being willing to be part of the conversation. I am really, really grateful. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a really special one for me. Thanks again to Cassie for showing up just so real. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please feel free to send comments or questions my way. And, of course, to share this podcast. I'm Jessie Freer-Walters, and this is Waiting for What.